Michigan Maniacs. This is the Michigan Maniac Podcast, and I am your host, Adam Brewer. This is the Big Game Pregame Wisconsin. So before we get into it, guys, um, obviously the housekeeping. So go ahead and like and subscribe to the YouTube, um, to Apple Podcasts. Please give a five-star review. Leave a review if you like. Even if you hate it, just leave a review. This way we can get... Uh, more eyes on this fantastic podcast, right? Uh, do that, guys. Hit me up uh, we t- on all social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook fan page, all of it. All underneath, I think it's Maniac Podcast now. Um, can't wait to talk to you guys. Every time I have any interaction with you guys, it's always been positive. Even if, you, if we don't see eye to eye. You know, I'm willing to say if you've got a good point, even though I may not agree with it, I'm willing to say it's a good point if it's well thought out or whatever. We usually see eye to eye, though. So let's get into it, okay? Um, uh, wow, this is this is a big one, right? This is uh, in the season in the season show or the game breakdown show. I picked us to lose this game, uh, just because obviously we haven't won in Wisconsin or in Madison since uh, two two thousand one. Uh, that would put us around 27 years now. Super exciting. <laughs> 20 years of not winning in one spot. The last two, particularly, where we just looked awful. Well, I'm saying last two meetings, basically. But uh, ever since 2017, it hasn't really looked great. Um, they usually hurt one of our quarterbacks. Uh, so don't be shocked <laughs> if Cade doesn't make it the whole game. Uh, they have a very, they're a tough defense. They, uh, very impressive. I have to give it to them. I, like I've told you in the last podcast, I think everything Wisconsin does is boring. 100% boring. I can't stand them as a, as a program in general, but there's one thing I will give them credit for. They are a fantastic defense. I mean, the numbers, uh, state it like their number one, they have the number one rush defense in the nation allowing 23 yards per game as everybody's talked to or talked about it as of now right pretty uh pretty damning considering what Rutgers did to us in the second half so scary right there then they have the third overall best defense in the nation and had a 13 to 10 lead in the fourth quarter against Notre Dame until the wheels of Graham Mertz fell right off I mean <laughs> ugly well, actually, I would say it probably all started with that kickoff return for a touchdown that really turned everything around for Notre Dame. But anyways, um, yeah, I don't know what to think about this game. I mean, I guess I feel like I've said this about a lot of these games lately. Um, actually, you know what? I do know what I think about this game. It's and I just hate thinking it because I thought I thought this Michigan was changing turning it around right and that second half really kind of threw me for a loop because it seemed like it was just the same old Michigan you know that song uh hello darkness my old friend that's exactly what could have been playing as a theme song for the second for the second half of that Michigan game and the defense looked better they looked way better but we also got lucky that Rutgers had no skilled players. I mean, they have Melton and their quarterbacks, okay, but that's really about it. And our off, our defense was able to hold, thank God. 
You know, 13 points, we should always be happy if our defense allows only 13 points. That's pretty impressive. Um, but we don't show up on the road. And I mean, that I, I hate to even bring this up because every podcast you're going to listen to this week is going to bring up these points. And here they are. One, second, the second half against Rutgers was devastating to the confidence of the Michigan fan base and more than likely, we believe, to the Michigan football team itself. Two, who the hell is Cade McNamara? Can we trust him? Should we put JJ in, right? Those That's going to be another thing you hear all week. Three, we can't beat anybody on the road. We look awful, awful, awful in Wisconsin, let alone anywhere else. But Wisconsin is one of the major places we look bad. And there is no evidence to the contrary to make us think at this point because of how devastatingly bad our offense looked in the second half of that game leads us to even have any type of confidence that Michigan can or will show up for this game. Now, I offer one bit of hope. And that is our defense. Okay, I will say our defense um, gives me some hope. I think they will show up. I think they won't break. I think that they will um, spark this team. I just have zero faith in the offense. I really, I've looked at the, I went back and I watched the game. I listened to Devin Gardner play. I mean, listened to Devin Gardner on the Monday morning quarterback. Um, this This offense, it looked great in the first half. So maybe Cade McNamara is hurt and we just don't know about it, right? Because... That has to be it, because he looked so vastly different and worse in the second quarter, in the second half of that game. If he shows up and he does this, all I know is if he plays like he did in the second half against Rutgers, we're going to lose, and we're going to lose by ten points, easy, because we're not going to be able to score on this defense. But if he shows up and he plays like he did in the first half, and we include the we include the the tight end a little bit more, and he makes some of the passes that he missed in the red zone, we we have a very good chance of winning this game. And there's there's the crux of the problem. There it is, right? It's like, which Cade McNamara are you going to get? Because you get the good Cade McNamara, that gives Gaddis more hope and more belief that he can open up the playbook so we can start doing some things, even if our running game isn't working. But then Cade McNamara the second half shows up. If that happens, if Cade McNamara in the second half shows up, he should be pulled. We shouldn't even be looking at him. He should be pulled at half and J.J. come in and finish the game. I don't even care if it's Alan Bowman. Anybody but Cade McNamara. If Cade McNamara does not understand that this is a huge, 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 this is the biggest game of his career right now. Right now, this Wisconsin game is the biggest game in his effing small career. Very short career, but this is it for him. Now we get to see what what Cade McNamara is made of, right? Is he going to reach down, grab his sack, and play like a man? Or is he going just to continue to do what he did in the second half? And then Cade's going to force action. He's either going to force Harbaugh to stick with him or to remove him. But either way, we're going to find out what Harbaugh's made out of as well. Is this the new gym that we've been talking about? Or is he going to fall back to old, uh, old I love Shea Patterson gym, you know, where he just lets Shea just look like shit the whole game, and then they, we make excuses for why Shea looked like shit the whole game. Which, which Harbaugh are we going to see? The Harbaugh that pulled, well, didn't pull Alex Smith because Alex got hurt 
when he was with the 49ers and started Kaepernick and then continued to play Kaepernick when Alex Smith was hurt, well, when he was healthy again. Is that the Harbaugh we're going to see? I don't know. It's it, This is all very crazy to me. I don't know what to expect. I know one thing, though. If we get solid quarterback play, we can win this game because Wisconsin's offense is probably even more of a mess than we are right now. And I think we have a much better uh, four-game series, I mean four-game sample size, obviously because we're 4-0 and they're 1-2, and than uh, to base over success. I really do believe we can beat this team. I think there's just two things that are really going to hurt us. Do we show up on being away from it all, you know, being away from Ann Arbor, being away from A2, and who the hell or which Shea, which Shea Patterson, which Cade McNamara are we going to get? Plain and simple. Those two things are going to be answered very quickly in this game. Um, because, I mean, Cade McNamara and Mertz, basically, they're the same person. I mean, Mertz, 54th, has completed 54 passes out of 95 attempts for 566 yards, one touchdown, and six interceptions. Now, that's where Cade does way better than him. He has zero. He hasn't turned the ball over in any game he's ever played in. You know, I guess being boring and turning it over makes you way worse, right? Um, but then you, you know, because McNamara's 33 passes or 33 completions out of 53 attempts for 534 yards and three touchdowns. Okay, basically the same person. Then their running game. They have uh, Malias or whatever. I think it's Malias is his name. 69 carries, 319 rushing, two touchdowns. And we all know Corum has 475. Uh, 69, actually both have 69 carries for 475 and then seven touchdowns. And then you have Haskins. We have, a, I believe, with Haskins and Corum and then Edwards, we have a better rushing team. But you're going up against the best rushing defense in the nation. They, I would use Notre Dame as an example, but Notre Dame's offensive line is too young and they're not very good this year. So they dominate it. So maybe, maybe Wisconsin can be had up front, only because they haven't. They've only played one good team really in Pitts in uh, Penn State with a good offensive line. You know, Eastern Michigan, obviously, not going to provide any type of real um, analysis. You're not going to get anything from that. And then Notre Dame's offensive line is young and not very not very good right now. So I guess you can be the number one rushing team or rushing defense in the nation, win two out of the three games you've played. You haven't really, pre- you haven't really played against a good offensive line. So maybe there can be some, some room there, right? Maybe, there, maybe that is a misleading stat. Right? Maybe that is something that um, we'll be pleasantly surprised by, by if Michigan's offensive line comes back and then takes the punch in the face and goes with it. This is where those beat Ohio drills are going to come in big time now. You're going to see if that is really what's going on. Do they take it serious? Because that's a violent drill. You know, that's what makes football great. Now, can they do that? Because Wisconsin, I don't think, is going to put nine in the box. Because they have great linebacker play. They have good cornerbacks. They're a pretty good defense. So I don't think they're going to rely solely just on nine in the box. 
because I think they are going to fear that Michigan is going to show up and be more of the Michigan in the first half than they are of Michigan of the second half in that Rutgers game, is what I believe. So maybe we do get some big yards in the rushing game because they're, and then, then the second half, these adjustments, what are we going to do, right? I mean, they have a good defense, but they're, they're, Best, their their best linebacker. Okay, uh, the numbers say their best linebacker is a kid. Oh shoot! Oh, Sanborn. Okay, Sanborn is their best linebacker. Has the most tackles. He has eleven total tackles. That isn't even top ten Michigan li- uh, players and tackles. We have nine other Michigan Wolverines who have more than or 11 or more tackles, total tackles, than, than uh, Wisconsin. You know what I mean? So our defense, I think our defense is better. <laughs> I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say that our defense is better. I know it doesn't show it in the stats. I mean, I think we're, what are we, season-wise? We are 50th in rush. We allow 131 yards per game and 19th overall. We allow 303 yards total offense, um, but I, I, I'll be, I'll be honest. I think, I think we're going to show ourselves to be a better defense. Now I know this is the Michigan Maniac podcast, so it's probably not good. It's probably not the smartest statement I'm making, but I have to believe in some part of our team to do something, and I'm, I'm throwing it all on the defense here. I think our defense is going to be what pulls us through and actually shows up and shines out. Um, I'm going to be crazy here, and I am going to pick Michigan to win this. I'll give my I'll give my score at the end, I, even though it's I'm feeling uneasy about it, but I'm still going to do it. But the keys to the game, right? The obvious keys to the game. But before we get to the keys of the game, keys of the game are presented by and sponsored by Shea Patterson's QB Camp. That's right, guys. Shea Patterson now has a quarterback camp for your kids, okay? It is held at a country club, a golf course uh, throughout the country. Any any of the nicer golf courses, that's where Shea Patterson is going to have his quarterback camp. Now, you say, Adam, why why at a golf course, right? It doesn't really, it's not really conducive to football. Well, not to Shea Patterson. As Shea Patterson, you watch him chip balls into the green, and at practice his putting, you will have John O'Corn, guest counselor John O'Corn, show your boys how to overthrow every wide receiver and every pattern possible by at least 10 yards. Now that's that I mean that's pretty impressive, especially when in 2017 he did the same exact thing uh, in the Michigan State game and also in the Ohio game. John O'Corn himself will take a day off from fry cooking at whatever Wendy's he's working at to come down and show your kids personally how to overthrow the ball by 10 yards. I know what you're thinking, but Adam, then why is it called the Shea Patterson quarterback camp? Well, guys, nobody bookends bad throwing like Shea Patterson. Shea Patterson then will stop putting his putting practice and come over and then show your kids how to underthrow Every wide receiver in every pattern for your kids. It doesn't matter what you throw at him. He can underthrow it. That's how talented Shea Patterson is. 
Um, the reviews are in on this. Uh, apparently, it's been going on for quite a while. And the reviews from the Milburn Gazette. Patterson and O'Corn are the dynamic duo of poor quarterback play. <laughs> I don't know if that's more of a... that You can't get much better of a review than the dynamic duo of poor quarterbacking. I mean, it's something to really hang your hat on if you're Shea Patterson. So guys, with, with the promo code, now this is all new to me, the promo code Maniac Podcast, go to SheaStinks.com and sign up, sign your kid up for what will definitely set your child back 10 to 15 years in quarterback play. And then use the promo code Michigan Maniac Podcast, and you too will get one free putting lesson as a part of your uh, as a part of your purchase. Okay, guys. Remember SheaSucks.com promo code Maniac Podcast to get one free putting lesson with Shea Patterson along with your purchase of his quarterback camp. Remember the Milburn Gazette cannot be wrong. The dynamic duo of bad quarterbacking. If you want a quarterback, don't go to this camp. I don't know why that's a part of the tagline, but that's how they do it. So anyways, guys, let's get back to that. Keys of the game. Keys to victory, right? One, we have to make Graham Mertz be Graham Mertz. Like, in the two losses they've had, he's thrown six interceptions. Two against Penn State and four against Notre Dame. Okay, we have to make him uncomfortable, which seems to be not very hard. Uh, so we need Graham Mertz to be Graham Mertz. Um, are we also, so with that, we act, we have to get at least two turnovers. I don't care in which form or fashion, fumble or, or interception, but we have to get turnovers by making Graham Mertz uncomfortable. Two, Michigan first half against Rutgers has to be Michigan whole game against Wisconsin. So Cade McNamara has to be okay or it just, I don't even care. I don't care who the quarterback is. Just for us to win, Michigan's offense has to play like it did against Rutgers in the first half. We do that, we can win this game. Plain and simple. We can win this game. Second second victory right there. Boom. Those are the two keys. I know it's pretty obvious, right? Pretty obvious, but those are the two keys for me that have to be done for that for that to for us to win. Um, players that are going to be key for us. Now, key players is also presented by Oddball Betting. If you're tired of betting sports, bet Oddball. Now, Oddball is pretty pretty interesting because let's just take it. It specializes in the offbeat brand of betting, right? Think of it as the back room in every shady bar where people are, are betting their kidneys and stuff. Think of it that way, oddball betting, right? So uh, just sticking around in the Big Ten country, um, Connor Cook. Connor Cook hobo fights. You, and I'm sure you guys remember, the loudmouth, arrogant a-hole that is Connor Cook, the Michigan State quarterback who flamed out in the NFL uh, flamed out. If there was any league in which you can put a football helmet on, Connor Cook has flamed out on the professional level. But Connor Cook has found his niche. He has created Connor Cook's hobo fights. He travels around the country 
pick a pick a city, he'll be there, and he'll fight your top-notch hobos. I know hobos are more of a traveling homeless, but, you know, everything's been kind of slow because of COVID, so now the hobos are becoming just straight stationary homeless. But you can bet on how many he can beat up in one night if he gets beat up himself. Different things like that. There's a great, a lot of interesting bets on oddball betting when it comes to Connor Cook hobo fights. Then, another brilliant one is Cordell Jones Spelling Bee. Now, it's a lot like, uh, they say, are you smarter than a fourth grader? But it's where uh, Cordell Jones, he spells against, or in a spelling bee format, he goes against fourth graders, right? Can Now, how many words can he outspell? Uh, it says here, hint, if school is is offered up, bet against Cardell Jones because he doesn't go to school. He doesn't go to Ohio State to play school. He goes to play football. So I don't think spelling is his strong suit is what I think they're getting at here. I think he's a big dummy. Um, also, another guy who flamed out at any other uh, professional level, which is traditional for a Ohio State quarterback. If you're an Ohio State quarterback, you know one thing. Your career is not going to be long in the NFL. Not for long is what Jerry Glanville used to say, and I'm sure that's what he was talking about. He was talking about Ohio State quarterbacks in the NFL. So, Cardell Jones, how many, how many fourth graders can he outspell? Some pretty interesting bets there. And then the final one that you can parlay all three of these together, if you'd like. Urban Meyer, over under five games before he has a mysterious illness that allow, that stops him from coaching the Jaguars. I would take the under. Um, if you've been watching them lately, take the under, folks. Um, I can tell he's starting to feel sick as we speak. Uh, you hear that? That's a cough. That's uh, Urban Meyer figuring a way out of this. Um, so, guys, when you're tired of betting sports, bet oddball. Also, in the, go into oddball, oddballbetting.com, uh, promo, code, uh, promo code maniacs, maniac podcast, and you get an extra, what is it now, $15 to play with, okay? Just to play with. You have to give it back, okay? That, they're cheap there. I don't know what that means. But anyways... Uh, when you're tired of betting sports, bet oddball. So, let's get back to the key players of the game. Um, for me, the not-so-obvious key players, because everybody's going to say Hutchinson, Cade McNamara, which, obviously, they have to have big games for us to win. Um, my not-so-obvious, I am going to say Chris Jenkins, because for us to slow down this run, they have beasts up front. I mean, their offensive line is beastly year in and year out. They do that very, very well. Who do we? Who needs to step up? And I'm going to say Chris Jenkins and Chris Hinton are going to be the guys you see step up. And on the defensive end also, I think you're going to see Vincent Gray. I talked about in the last episode, to me, he's, he's becoming one of the major defensive standouts, in my opinion. And I know I shit all over him last season, and deservedly so. But my three on defense are Chris Jenkins, uh, Chris Hinton, and Vincent Gray. If those three have big games, I think we I think we shut down the run. 
then puts all the pressure on Mertz to be Graham Mertz, and he's going to start doing Mertzy things like throwing interceptions. And that's how we win this game, right? Because you shut the run in the middle. You shut that down. You allow Hutchinson and Michael Morris and Ajabo and all these other guys to really do their job. Um, hopefully we have Ross. I would have put Josh Ross as one of the not-so-obvious but obvious players to have a big game. But I don't even know if he's going to play. So... He's probably just the, the obvious player. If he's playing, it's obvious Josh Ross has to have a good game, right? Because of how obvious or just how glaring it was in that second half against Rutgers. How much we needed him. Now, offensively, um, I'm just going to say Eric Hall. Eric Hall is going to have a big game. But I, the obvious, not so obvious, it, it, there's no other greater person who has to have a big game than the quarterback position for Michigan. I don't even care if it's McNamara. I don't care if it's J.J. McCarthy. I don't care if it's Bowman. I don't care if it's Danny Dimples himself. Whoever it is has to have a big game. They they have to make the throws when they're called. They have to they have to be the make the right decision. They can't get stressed. They can't make bad decisions. It's it's very it's 100% unfair. But then again, don't be the quarterback if you can't make big plays or if you don't expect the game to be on your shoulders constantly, okay? The quarterback position and Eric All, I think are huge, obviously not so obvious players of the game. Okay? That's my because you're going to say obvious players, right? Offensive line. Quorum. You know? But the quarterback, you have to. I don't care if it's obvious or not obvious. The quarterback position has to be the, the, the star of this game for us to even have a chance to win. If, if he's not, if he's average or below average, we are going to lose this game probably by 10 points. Easily by 10 points. But they show up and they're the star. And I'm not saying throwing for 400 yards passing, four touchdowns. That doesn't have to be it. But you have to make the plays. You have to, like, in the red zone, don't, don't out throw your, don't, like, throw a bad pass where you're tight and can't get to it. Uh, don't throw the ball two feet in front of your wide receivers. You know, make the plays when they're called on. You know, that's that's all you got to do. And I believe if you do that, that'll allow Josh Gaddis not to turtle up and stop. You know, oh, shit, well, you just got to call, uh, you know, uh, toss, not even toss, just up the middle of this, up the middle of that, whatever. If you make the passes when you need to and complete them, it's going to allow the play calling to be better, is in my opinion. That's just what I think. So quarterback position and Eric All are my two. For offense. So guys, uh, I think we're going to win. I'm going to stick with that. I know I picked us to lose. <sighs> this is, this. I mean, I am wavering by the second on on this. Because I think it's a smart decision that on my end that I picked them to lose. Because they have not proven anything over the 20 years to make me think otherwise. But this is a new team, new era, new belief. So if I'm going to believe that of them and I'm going to be preaching that, then I'm going to back them up with my beliefs. And I'm going to say we're going to win this 17-9 to because I'm going to say our defense, like I said, is going to show up and show out. And I'm going to believe whoever the quarterback is, and I'm not saying it's Cade McNamara, but whoever the quarterback is shows out in this one. 
and does everything we need him to do. And Michigan offense looks more like the Michigan offense in the first half of that Rutgers game than the second half, and we win 17-9. 17-9, guys. That's going to be... It's going to be a nail biter, but I think we it tend to it's going to be like ten nine going into the fourth, and we get that that last touchdown mid fourth quarter to go up and just seal the deal. Um, it's going to be a hard nose slobber knocker. Get ready for it, um, but I think it's exciting. I'm I'm like I'm excited but scared all in one to see what this team can do. So, guys, uh, it is great to be a Michigan Wolverine. Absolutely great to be a Michigan Wolverine. Even if we lose this, it's going to be a great to be a Michigan Wolverine. <sighs> and always and forever, guys, go blue.